0: So, the words of the Bridge of Rescuer. Ooh. Something's happened there, gone a bit wonky. If we flip onto the next slide, that'd be great. There we go. Come and be chainless, come and be fearless, come to the foot of Calvary, for there is redemption for every affliction here at the foot of Calvary. So the question I've been asking through this uh, series is, what would it be like to be chainless and fearless? The answer, I think, to that question is awesome, to be honest. You know, wouldn't it be fantastic to be confident and to be content and to be free? I'm pretty sure that's everyone's dream. And it's certainly God's will for us. God's will for us is complete and utter, unrestricted, uninterrupted, unadulterated freedom. And a significant part of your journey is God conquering your fears and loosening your chains and setting you free. And in fact, much of what God is doing in your life right now, much of what God is allowing in your life right now is working towards that end. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, Let me be clear, the Anointed One, that's Jesus, has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. I suspect that all of us in this room are Partially free. What I'm saying is, wouldn't it be wonderful to be completely free? We've been working our way through six of the most common fears and chains. So far, we've done crushed by comparison and squished by stress. So you should be looking pretty laid back and relaxed and cheerful by now, having dealt with those two uh, beasts. Today, we're looking at um, hiding like a hedgehog. And to come, we have rule by rejection, dampened by disappointment, and paralysis by analysis. And here's my theory. My theory is that there's a little bit of all of those in everyone. To be honest, they're battles we're all facing on an ongoing basis. And I tell you, you that that realisation in itself is quite liberating... The fact is, we're all working on this stuff together. You are not the only one, and you are not alone. You know, Paul wrote in Romans 1.16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And the word salvation there in the Greek is, the, the noun is the word soteria, the verb is sozo that you might have heard of. And that is described as the all-inclusive word of the gospel. It means salvation initially, but it also means forgiveness and healing and wholeness and deliverance and sanctification and freedom, to which I would issue a resounding yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, Each week I've been giving you a pen portrait. Today I'm going to introduce you to Hiding Hilton. This is, hide, this is hiding Hilton. Okay, I was pretty confident that there was no one in the church called Hilton. If you are called Hilton, then I, I heartily apologize. Please forgive me. Let, me. let me tell you about Hilton. Hilton hides. It's what he does. It's his instinctive response. His default position. He hides for many reasons. Hilton is intimidated by powerful people, strong opinions, loud voices. So he hides. Hilton is convinced he can't. Overly aware of his own sense of inadequacy, he reckons he's far better off in the background so he can protect himself from his own failures or shield himself from disappointment. So he hides. Hilton lacks confidence. No one really understands why. Though he has a low opinion of of himself, Hilton actually has a great deal to offer. His soft skills are good. He's thoughtful and articulate, insightful and generous. But because he can't see that, he always tries to slink out of sight. As a result, you rarely notice Hilton. He doesn't get included much. He used to go to Connect Group, but but they asked too many invasive questions. He doesn't volunteer much, so misses experiencing the banter and companionship and fulfilment of working in a team. If he's honest, he's even reluctant to let God in. If I hide it deep enough, he thinks, God will leave me be. He often feels the tug to the ministry corner, but never goes. They need the attention far more than me he convinces himself Hilton is envious of the confidence and freedom of others but finds comfort from building four strong walls around himself if i just hide here he thinks to himself they'll never know but deep inside he knows there's so much more do you know, i reckon we all have times that we long to hide. For some of us, it's a deeply ingrained default response. It's fight or flight. I don't know about you. I vote flight. (laughs) Let me ask this question. What's the number one game for kids? Hide and seek. You know, sometimes hiding is the smart move. But do you know what? Avoiding and denying and ignoring are not keys to victory, nor are they tools for breakthrough. Quick disclaimer, commentary. Do you know, introverts and extroverts both hide. Don't know which one you consider yourself to be. They hide in rather different ways but for very similar reasons. One craves isolation, the other hides in plain sight. One puts up defensive masks, the other offensive. It's the same pain, they just default to different behaviours. And I'd say this, never be ashamed of your introversion or your extroversion because God made you that way. But you need to be aware that extreme manifestations of your nature may not be healthy or helpful. They may actually be keeping you locked in your fears and your chains. Sadly, I don't have too far to go down that that avenue today, but please bear that in mind as we dive in. I want to tell you a story that a wise man once told. It goes like this. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the floods came, with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came, with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. Of course, you're smart enough to realise the wise man in question is Jesus, and he paints here a really simple but I think persuasive picture. We we can either build our house on rock or we can build it on sand. If our foundations are strong, the inevitable life storms will leave you unshaken. If they're not, when the winds and rains come, they will tear you apart and leave you in a heap. Whoops. Here's the point. If everything in you screams run, hiding in your house built of sand isn't going to help. If your actions continue to be dominated by the enemy's lies... by by a distorted identity, by, by gaping open wounds. It doesn't matter how many walls you build. With all due respect, that's what Jesus called sand. The flip to that is, in Christ, you have all the rock you need. You have access to all the help, all the grace all the strength, all the healing, all the peace that you need. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 18. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you know what? Everything that hell throws at you cannot and will not prevail if you are standing on rock. You know, we usually use that verse in the context of the church, I will build my church, and it applies in that context, but it also applies to you. Upon this rock I will build my life, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So again, as I said, if everything in you screams run, hiding in a house built on sand isn't going to do you any good. Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run there, and they are safe. See the difference? So the starting point as we unfold, hiding like a hedgehog, is, first of all, be honest about the sand. I encourage you to do that as we work our way through this process this morning. Be honest about the sand, and the end game is to allow God to help you to rebuild the foundations of your life on rock. Which is a process, folks, that every one of us needs to do and is in the, is in the, the journey of the process of doing. Allow God to rebuild the foundations of your home on rock. The unfailing love of God the Father finished work of Jesus on the cross. The new identity that we all have as children of Christ, the King. And the promises, the strong promises of his word that that the Bible tells us are yes and amen in Christ. Do you know what? When you are safe in that strong tower, you no longer have any Need to hide. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit. Why, why do we hide? Why do we hide? Why do we experience that urge, that that ground swallow me up, that, that if, only, if only I could, could disappear and poof, vanish into smoke? Why do we hide? And the answer, I think, is several reasons. But, but the biggest and strongest and most common in a single word is insecurity. Insecurity is that, that uncertainty, that, that self-doubt, that lack of confidence, that deep sense that underneath your feet is sand. You know, that insecurity affects what I'm going to call your peace and joy Quotient. Makes it very difficult to experience true peace and joy when you suffer from insecurity. That insecurity affects your relationships. It affects your ability to to confidently give and receive love and therefore make and maintain strong relationships. That insecurity affects our, our ability to react calmly and wisely rather than, than impetuously or, or, or fearfully or, or defensively. And referring back to last week, that insecurity affects our ability to choose what qualifies as urgent and important. And now, that insecurity manifests itself in certain common fears. Four of those fears. Number one is the fear that intimidating, powerful people will hurt us. The Bible calls it the fear of man. It's a strong fear. There's a little bit of all of that probably in every one of us. Fear that intimidating, powerful people will hurt us. Secondly, the fear that people will see what we're really like and reject us. It's going to be next week. Number three is, is the fear that we don't have the resources to meet expectations. I know what they're going to ask I don't think I can do it, so I'm going to hide. And number four is the the fear of repeating past errors and experiencing the same shame. I mean, who wants to do that? How do we avoid that? Quite simply, we hide. I'm convinced that there, there are certain, I'm going to call them believable lies, that cause us to hide. Now, this is a fun list, at least I think it is. I'm not going to have time to go into it in, in great detail, but I'm just going to throw it out there to paint a picture, because what I'm looking at here, ultimately, is the solution to this. What are the, the lies that we sometimes believe that make it look to us as though hiding is the right thing to do? Okay, number one. Number one is that hiding solves problems. Problems. I I tried to think how how to portray this to you. That's a bit like thinking that that if you throw the murder weapon into your garden pond, the whole problem's going to go away. Okay, sorry, you can tell someone who watches too many (laughs) crime-solving shows. Number one, hiding solves problems. Number two, the deeper I push this, the less it will affect me. That's a deep statement. I wish I had more time to go into that. Maybe next week. Number three, if I bottle up my anger, it'll go away. What happens if you shake up a Coke can, Coke bottle, right? Does it go away? Eventually it explodes. Number four, everyone else is fixated with my flaws and problems. It's such a pervasive lie we we see this a lot in pastoral situations but, but everyone in the church knows now and is judging me no no one else in the church knows and they're too busy fixating about their own flaws and problems to worry about yours and of course in the cold light of day we can see that but it's amazing how many times you see people convincing themselves that everyone else now suddenly knows and is fixated with my problems and my flaws. And what will that make you do? Well, clearly, it'll make you hide. Number five. The pain of confronting, it's a believable lie, the pain of confronting is worse than the extended pain of delaying, avoiding, covering up and burying arguably, properly done confrontation can solve a problem in 30 seconds. Number six, believable lies. I'm the only one who feels like this. Look around the room. Give your friends a big smile. Knowingly nod. Okay, we all feel like this some of the time. Number seven, Believable lie, reasons we hide, is there is no alternative or better solution to this problem. So the only thing I can do is disappear down that rabbit hole and hide. And number eight, this is also a powerful, believable lie, is that God is part of my problem, so I hide from him too. Let me assure you this, God is never part of your problem. So my big question for you today is how would or could life change if you can get past those deceptions? What would it take to disqualify those lies? Can we, can we break the power of those those fears that keep beating us up? How can we get off the sand and get on the rock? I'm glad you asked. Today it's time for plan B. Time for a new plan. Do you know what? I'm here to tell you that there is a better way which brings better results. That actually what we need is new habits so we can break off those old destructive patterns. And plan B, I'm going to, as all good sermons should have three points, I might realise I'm on about 25, but we'll just forget about the first three, 25 now. Three points, number one is don't hide, pray. Okay? Number two is don't run away from your problems, run to God. Maybe up until now, you run away from your problems. It's kind of deeply dug into you. That's what I do. That's my default response. The first thing I do when I have a problem is I run and I hide. I'm here to say that there's a better way that brings better results and better solutions. And Rather than running away from those problems, the solution is to run to God. And then the third one, very simply, this could be a point in any sermon on any topic is climb back onto the rock. Okay, so I'm going to go through each of those, uh, five minutes perhaps on each, and then we'll wrap up. Okay, so number one is don't hide, pray. For each one of these, I'm going to give you a song lyric, which I'm not going to sing, probably, (laughs) and a Bible verse. And the song lyric for this one is a well-known hymn, And it goes like this. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. All. Did I say all? What a privilege to carry everything. Did I say everything? Everything to God in prayer. How? Carry it to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. It's right there. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Remind me when I get to heaven to give the person who wrote those words a good slap on the back, because they did good. <laughs> do you know what? Hiding might momentarily mask your pain, but it doesn't provide solutions. It doesn't get to the roots. It doesn't heal the hurts. Our privilege is that we get to take it to the Lord in prayer. So I promised you a Bible verse. Here it is, Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, subtle, isn't it? In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, true peace is not to be found at the bottom of your rabbit hole. True peace is to be found in presenting your prayers and requests, worries, anxieties, getting on your knees and giving them to God. That's where true peace is to be found. Because and I don't think this is a revelation to you prayer is a place of wisdom. Prayer is a pay, place of comfort. Prayer is, as we've just read, it's it's a place of peace. You know, God has the answers. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. There is a a peace, a shalom, if you like, which is a big, all-encompassing, powerful word. There is a peace that passes understanding and that relieves confusion and that heals pain. So here's a new habit for you. When everything in you screams, hide, take it to the Lord in prayer. Process that pain with him. Ask him for that wisdom that you need. And breathe in from him that grace that he readily supplies. Last week, I quoted Psalm 55, verse 20. cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will literally sustain you and support you and nourish you, if you will take it to the Lord in prayer. So I think that's a good point. I think you should be more enthusiastic about that point than that, to be honest. But the first part of plan B is don't hide. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Point number one. Point number two is don't run away from your problems. Run to God. Who's good at... Don't put your hands up. Who's good at running away from your problems? I mean, isn't that what you do? Isn't that what problems are for? To get us fit as we run in the opposite direction. Okay, I'm very tempted to sing, but I'm not going to. Um, two, two songs with the same title. Um, you've got to be of a certain age to appreciate this one. This one is best sung in a round... And it goes like this You are my hiding place. You always. No, don't, Jamie, don't. (laughs) You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. And then the chorus I will trust in you. Let the weak say, I am strong in the strength of the Lord. Every single one of those statements is directly taken from Scripture. And then the modern verse, in which I'm quite hoping we might sing it a bit by Don Moen. Says, You are my hiding place. I run to you. I need your mercy and grace to see me through. So I'll run to you. And then the chorus You are my strength, O oh God. You will uphold me. You are my shield, O oh God. You will protect me. So the Bible verse is, is Psalm 32, verse 7. Actually, I've had more time, verse 6 verse 8 which bookend that got some really powerful truth into so go read that over your sunday lunch psalm 32 verse 7 you are my hiding place talking to god you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance got a couple of pictures for you hedgehogs roll into a ball and stick out their spines I won't even get started about the prickles. Have a little think about that. Well, you're busily rolling up into your ball, what's everyone else getting? Prickles. Right? Hurting people hurt people. So hedgehogs roll into a ball. Here's another one. Tortoises hide into their shells. Oh, doesn't that look good? Nope. Oh, stop, stop. We're not hiding. Ostriches stick their heads in the sand. (laughs) Close your eyes. That could be your husband, couldn't it? (laughs) However, (laughs) for us, there is a better way. The righteous run to their safe tower. Proverbs 18.10. The righteous head for their hiding place. And the hiding place is a person and he has a name. The righteous draw near to God with a promise that he will draw near to them. So, folks, I I want you to to, to grab hold of a new instinctive reaction. Rather than seeing that problem and heading for the hills, I want you to learn how to run to God. Let's think just for a second on, on what running to God might look like. Number one, it might look like, what does the word of God say about that? It might look like this. What, Lord, in this situation is truth? And what's a lie? God has that wisdom. God knows the answer to those questions. Rather than running away, why not go to him and say, God, would you show me the truth here? It might be, running to God might look like this. Who am I in Christ? Christ. I can hear what they're saying about me. I can p- run through my mind all sorts of terrible places this scenario might go. But who am I in Christ? Rather than running away to the hills, I'm going to go to God. I'm going to go to the Lord and say, who am I? Who am I? Where, where am I standing now? What, what is my status? Am I a child of a king? Am I more than a conqueror? I am, am I one who can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Who am I in Christ? Running to God is asking yourself, who am I in Christ? Number four, how would I behave now if I were full of sustaining, empowering grace? Eyeball your mountain straight up and ask yourself the question, how would my response to the situation change if rather than running and bolting, I was to realise and recognise and breathe in and receive and draw on his sustaining, empowering grace. All of a sudden, it looks very different. Number five, what would running to God look like? What would I do if I knew that I was safe and secure in Jesus' love? I looked down under my feet And I'm standing secure on Jesus' love. And then number six, just for your thoughts, what are the lyrics of my song of deliverance? This is number two. Number three, a new instinctive response to rather than running away is climb back onto the rock. So the Bible verse here, Psalm 62, verse 1. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Again, the point is, is when you are standing firm on the rock, there's no need to hide. And so the answer becomes to climb back onto the rock at every single opportunity so so what is what is that rock what does that look like number one it's standing on the truth ephesians 6 verse 14 says stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist truth as opposed to lies is rock it's solid it's your firm foundation don't let the enemy's lies crack that foundation and mess with your confidence. Let his truth be the lens through which you see absolutely everything. Psalm 91 verse 4, he will, he, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So number one, standing rock looks like standing on the truth. Number two, standing in his grace. Romans five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. There are many aspects to God's grace. Two that I want you to consider, first of all, is is his saving grace. You stand secure in his saving grace. And that saving grace covers forgiveness, it covers guilt, it covers your shame. All those things that that tempt us to hide are, are covered if we're standing in his saving grace. And the second aspect of his grace I'm going to call sustaining grace. This is God's power and ability to cope. In his strength and in his sufficiency with all that the world throws at us. Not, folks, that's grace. That's, sorry, that's rock. That's rock. Let, learn, learn to stand on it. Learn to, to draw from it. And learn to never lose sight of his saving and sustaining grace. And number three and finally, standing in his love. 1 John 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God's God's work in our hearts. You know, when his love has chased away all fear, there's no longer any need to hide. And over time, you know, fresh, fresh depths and revelations of his love will drive out the fears that still haunt us. But whenever you are tempted to hide, climb back onto that rock. And I promise you a song lyric will come as a great surprise. My fear doesn't stand a chance. When I stand in your love. And we get to sing that three times in case we're a little slow to get it. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Because his love will drive out that fear. And then verse 2. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. Time for unhiding Hilton. I couldn't find an exact picture of that same Hilton unhiding, so I found a different one. (laughs) (laughs) Unhiding hedgehog. Okay, Hilton no longer hides. He's come out of his shell, deconstructed his walls, and thrown away his masks. Hilton is now secure in God's love. He still finds certain people a little scary, but knows big brother Jesus is standing right there with him. He knows rejection is always a possibility, but recognizes that if they don't appreciate him for who he is, they can take that up with his heavenly father. He knows he won't get everything right all the time, but understands that's perfectly normal and nothing to be ashamed of. And because he now gets grace, shame has been disempowered. The lies have been exposed and his past failures no longer haunt him to the same degree. He's still not a huge fan of confrontation, but sees its value and recognises that hiding and burying and denying don't solve any problems. And although running and hiding remain tempting, he has developed new habits. Now, rather than instinctively hiding, he takes it to the Lord in prayer. Rather than running away, he's taught himself to run straight to God, knowing that his father has all that he needs. And he's constantly checking his feet. Am I standing on the rock? Or can I detect a little bit of sand between my toes? Hilton has found a newfound confidence and freedom. He's quick to respond to God because he knows that is his safe place. His relationships are stronger because he's no longer so defensive. he even step out of his comfort zone from time to time. Taking a risk is no longer so intimidating. As a result, Hilton can access a whole new world. He no longer misses out on so many opportunities. He has new friends. And fresh purpose. Hilton has stepped into the light. And now the picture is infinitely brighter. Go Hilton. Okay, there we go. Let me leave you with a couple of challenges and questions. perhaps the worship team might like to come forward. These are big questions, I know. And I, I, I can only imagine what's been going round in your mind as I've been unfolding this. As I always say, you've had 35 minutes. I've had this all week. Let's ask these questions. Why do you hide? How do you hide? And from what or whom do you hide? I'd encourage you to ask those questions. I'd encourage you to take those to the Lord and ask him to show you. And I say that if if you are a hedgehog, if you are prone to hiding like a hedgehog, then today is the day to unroll. Two questions for you to take to God this morning. Number one, ask him. Ask God to heal your hurts. A little bit more on that next week. Ask God to disempower your fears ask God to break your chains. Ultimately, you can hear the word, but we've got to do something about it. You've got to let God in, because he is the solution. He's not part of your problem. He is the solution to those problems. So the first thing you need to do is you need to be really honest with the sand. Be really honest with God and ask him to do those things for you. And the second question I'm going to throw out there is a bit of a challenge for you. And the question is, what's the sand that you're standing on? What's the sand you're standing on? And I encourage you this, choose instead to climb off and onto the rock. And the rock is his love, uh, and the rock is the truth, and the rock is his grace. I wonder... Can you feel a little sand between your toes? Ask God this morning, what are those lies? What is the truth that disqualifies those lies? What is the sand? What is the rock that I need to be standing on? Let's stand. I'm going to pray. Um, and then we're going to worship just for a little bit as we wrap up here. As always folks, there'll be a ministry area over here in this corner. If anyone would like some prayer uh, for anything related to this message this morning or otherwise, then please feel free. Our uh, ministry team will would, would be honoured to pray for you and, and they'll do a great job. If, if there's anything else that you know you want to do business with God on your own, possibly I'd encourage you to come over to this side. No one will pray for you over there, but You know, maybe you want to unroll that hedgehog, unpeel that tortoise, pull your ostrich head out the ground, and you want to come to the front and do business with God. I encourage you to do that. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, we have got no need to hide from you. In fact, we have a lavish invitation to make you our hiding place, to make you our strong tower. God, I thank you that you are an expert in the business of unplucking those fears and loosening those chains. And I would pray that over all my brothers and sisters and over me today. Lord, would you, by the ministering power of your Holy Spirit, would you come whisper in our ears? Would you come show us what we need to do? Would you come, Lord, and do deep work in our hearts where there are raw nerves, exposed wounds, Holy Spirit, we give you these next few minutes. Help us, Lord. We're running to you. In Jesus' name.